Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek, episode 140. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dude, because I don't have a clever intro today. This has been an off week for me. I got nothing. <laughs> I got good. nothing. I got nothing. I'm just, I'm just drained. I have no ideas. Just too much Star Trek online. That's what it's been. Yeah, I've actually been playing some video games. We'll talk about that later. It's been fun. Awesome. All right, so this week we're going to be talking about Super Bowl trailers, <laughs> trolls attacking Black Panther, and... Internet trolls strike again. Internet trolls haven't, Internet trolls haven't stopped striking. Let's be honest. No, they're just striking. Internet trolls striking. And Comcast attempting to spoil the Disney-Fox merger. Dun-dun-dun. All right, so dude, what, what trailers came out during the Super Bowl this year? Because, of course, the Super, Super Bowl did, is, is become a, a massive time for reveals. Yeah, reveals of all kinds. You know, new products, new... But lately in our world, it's been like, oh, what's the new movie trailer coming out? You, last time we were recording, you were on your way to, to the Super Bowl party. Did you actually watch the game? No, I actually came home and um, I think I recorded another podcast. Well, I think I did, actually. Okay. I did not watch the game either. Uh, we felt that during the Super Bowl was the perfect time to go grocery shopping because there wouldn't be a lot of people around and we were right there was also not a lot of food around so you've been eating like ramen haven't you no dude we actually did pretty darn good considering our budget and everything we were we were crushing it we're on donnell's part of this like competition to lose body fat at her gym or something so we were like really trying to get on the all the junk food was gone i'll put it to you that way that's disappointing but we, yeah but we had all the our healthy stuff so so the trailers were basically solo a star wars story avengers affinity war Skyscraper, Mission Impossible 6, with the mustache. Jurassic World 2, Cloverfield Paradox, A Quiet Place, Red Sparrow, Dundee, and Westworld 2. So, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i go in reverse uh, because I want to get to the solo one last because I don't know how I feel about that one. But Westworld 2, I've just lost interest in. Like, the only reason why I watched it was because Tracy forced me into it, and I don't think I'm going to do it again. Uh, Dundee looks like a silly comedy. Red Sparrow, it's coming out in March 2nd. I've been seeing trailers for it for a while. I mean, it's Jennifer. For Lawrence, so yeah, I, I do want to see it because I yeah, do like I, her. I, I, I can get behind it. And I like Soviet era Cold War spy thrillers. <clears throat> like I like how we're going back to setting right. them in that era, and I'm I'm kind of okay. I'm 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 enjoying that. A Quiet Place is this interesting horror movie with um Emily Blunt and John. I want to make sure I get his name. Kaczynski, the guy who was Jim from The Office, and. It's basically I think it's Kaczynski. A, Kaczynski? Okay. And he, oh, is it Krasinski? There you go. Krasinski. Okay. Oh, no, that's the director. Shit. Oh, no, he directed no. it also. Wait, no, hold on. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Did he write, direct, and star in this? Written by, directed, starring? No, but it, well, holy crap. I didn't realize that. He's, <laughs> he's directing, starring, and he partially wrote it. It's, it's funny you mentioned him because I was just, Becky and I were watching the Olympics before starting this, and uh, he is apparently going to be on a new either Amazon or Hulu original Jack Ryan series. As I heard that. Jack yes. Ryan. Yep. I was like, interesting. He's, he's making a comeback finally. Well, it's, what's interesting about him is that, you know, he, he gets his career shot into the stratosphere as Jim from The Office. Right. And lately, he's just been doing these kind of action horror type movies. So, well, like, well, do you if, remember the Benghazi movie? Yeah. Well, no, I was see that with, with um, I, I did not. I know the one you're talking about. I was going to say, well, like he, he had this like sky high career and then it just took a massive shit. Like when it came to films, do you ever see the movie Leatherheads? That was no, the, but I know in 2008, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Like I saw it. It was not good. And like, Ooh. it was him and George Clooney and it was just like it's this the football movie, right? Yeah. Like early, early football days, like leather helmets. Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not good, and like his his career outside of the office just took an epic dump after that. Yeah, because he was in the office until 2013, and right. then. 
he was kind of floating around for a while and not really doing much. But like the first movie that was like, oh, also he was in Aloha, that piece of crap from 2015. That was horrifying. I don't even know what that was. was. Oh, that was um, Cameron Crowe's movie. It was one of these movies that were so bad they weren't even worth mentioning. But it was amazing that it was as bad as it was because it was Cameron Crowe. You're like, whoa, he doesn't usually produce this much of a stinker. But... More to the point, when he he started when he came, when he decided to start trying to do some action, like he was the the thirteen hours Benghazi movie, like also he co-starring a dude from The Office, the the guy who played Pam's boyfriend or fiance in the early seasons. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was actually wasn't a great movie, but it was like he was believable in it. And now he's got this quiet place where he's directed, co-wrote, and co-starring his wife Emily Blunt. And so I'm kind of interested in seeing where they where they go with it. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox is on Netflix. I was like, wasn't and... that released during the Super Bowl? Like actually yeah. released? Yeah, it was like l- releasing right after. Go on Netflix and watch it. And a couple of my friends have already seen it. And I always liked the original Cloverfield movie. I didn't care for Ten Cloverfield lane at all but i still kind of am interested where this thing goes this universe goes a uh, jurassic world 2 uh more dinosaurs more volcanoes dinosaurs, more dinosaurs eating people i'm okay with it kids more kids why what the fuck is with this franchise and kids can we stop with that i guess not they're not gonna stop with that are they we may have to file charges against spielberg yeah um mission impossible 6 now we get to see what the mustache that was the only takeaway I got from the Mission Impossible 6 trailer was, I really want to see what that mustache looked like. <laughs> like, that's really what I was like, what did that mustache look like? And and how hard was it really to CGI it out? And it wasn't just a mustache. He had, like, a beard, too. It was pretty serious. Well, I was going to say... Which explains why his, Henry Cavill's face looked so fucked up in Super uh, uh, Justice League. I was gonna say I know a few people who were like, no, I wish I wish we had Superman with a mustache instead. I wasn't there in time where Superman had like a full beard. Uh, I mean, in, it, in in the mythos, like like not just a one off, but he had a legit beard for a while. I I think so. I'm not a big Superman person, but yeah, I believe that was a thing. I feel like I've seen just images with Superman with a big bushy blue bluish black beard. <laughs> Why does Superman's hair always look a little blue in some renderings? It's kind of weird. But th- in this one, it just kind of looks like uh the tom cruise character in mission the mission impossible series has now gone full born and now he's on the run so yay ving reigns and simon Pegg are back and all that niceness uh skyscraper is is the, is the rocks new movie did you see this one did you see this trailer i didn't see that trailer i have seen a trailer for it okay and, and, and I, it looks absolutely ridiculous looks so <laughs> goofy and i love the rock but this is too much yeah i was gonna say at the same time though like I thought the same thing about Central Intelligence. So here's the thing. Central Intelligence is was, I guess, purposefully goofy. Like, we, we they know it's goofy, and it was a little more self-aware, and I actually thought it was kind of funny. This... This is like, hey, let's take Die Hard and Towering Inferno and add The Rock as an amputee. People will eat this one up. And I think I've hit peak rock here. This is peak rock for me. Or Dwayne Johnson, if I'm going to be honest about it. This is just, what is he doing? This is just silly. Uh, what is he doing? He's rolling in money. Like physically rolling in true. money. That is just, that is good for him. Uh, the Avengers Affinity War, that was a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I mean it was only add. like, it was only like an ad. It was a like 30 second spot. It wasn't even a full trailer. Right. But I do like the line that robert downey jr has it's something to the effect of like oh it all comes to this like yes 
Yes, it does. We've known this for years. Oh, yeah, what do you think is of Captain America's goofy little gauntlet shield? I was kind of hoping... So uh, there was a point where Captain America didn't have his, like, physical shield. He had, like, an energy shield. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they were going to go for that. Has he had a energy shield in, in the in the canon? Or is that in the, you mean in, the in the canon of the comics? Or? Yeah, canon of the yeah. comics. Yeah, but, I mean, it, oh, lo yeah, it looked like a circular shield. Okay. I mean, Captain... Honestly, Captain America has gone through a number of different shields. It's just that the round one is the most iconic. Oh. Oh yeah, well he did have kind of a that's right. I do remember images of him having kind of like a chevron. Yeah, he's like he's had he's like had shape. He's had two versions of that chevron. That was his original okay. shield, like back in the 40s. And then he had another one like that, um, actually not that long ago. Mm. All right, so let's get to Solo, because this is the one we've been following just kind of the production disaster that the Solo films, well, the Solo film has been. And the teaser came out during the Super Bowl. And then I think a day or two later, a full trailer came out. It was the next with, day. It was the next day, okay. Uh, I have such mixed feelings about this because Han Solo probably was my favorite character from the franchise, but part of me really just enjoyed not knowing Han Solo's background, and I just... Geez, it's hard for me to put into words because I don't know if you could have done a solo origin story correctly. Like, part of me is like, I don't know if you could really pull it off. Like, there's no, no matter which way you go with it, fans of that character all in their mind had a origin story for Han Solo that no matter what the Lucasfilms and Disney does with it, they it's going to be hard to reconcile and be happy with. And that's kind of where I am with this. I'm not sure where you are with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how execution does, because you're right. I mean, this has been plagued by all kinds of problems. Although my understanding is Ron Howard basically has took over and basically and redid the film. Yeah, that was my understanding. Now. Is he basically redid it with few exceptions, like the big action set pieces. That's that's what I heard. But yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um. I mean, part of me wishes it wasn't a Star Wars film. Like, it looks like a fun, a fun movie, like, like a fun, a fun, a fun space heist film, because that's what it, that's what it comes across as. Yeah. But it's going to be burdened by the the Star Wars canon and everything else, and the expectation of being a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and well, and again, I mean, just. Like I said, the canon, I mean, everything else that's already, you know, everyone's going to go, oh, well, I wish they had done this or done that story or, you know. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's just that it's one of those things where everyone's going to have an opinion on this and it feels like it's, uh, no matter which way they've gone with it, it's sub plenty of people are going to be kind of feeling like they got left out in the dark. I will just say this. As far as the look, I like the way the young Han Solo looks. I think Donald or yeah, Donald, Danny Glover, Donald, Donald Glover, Glover Donald looks Glover. fantastic as... Uh, a young Lando Calrissian. I'm I'm super excited about that one because if anyone can play like Billy D. Williams level of smooth, it's yeah. gonna be Donald Glover. And I really like the way I love Woody Harrelson, and I'm I'm <laughs> interested to see uh, how Khaleesi pulls off being in a Star Wars universe. I don't even remember her in the trailer. She's in it. Well, in the teaser, she's in it like really, really briefly. But in the like full length trailer, I, I she, don't she remember says, her in the trailer at all. At all, she, she's at the very end, she's like, I know who you are. or And, and he kind of laughs her off or something like that. It was silly. It's her. It's just hard to recognize her because she's not blonde anymore. She's not blonde and she's wearing clothing? And she's wearing clothing. So on that topic of Star Wars and wearing clothing, in Khaleesi, uh, news broke uh, sometime this week about the Game of Thrones creators getting their own series of movies in the Star Wars franchise. So this is, I'm just going to read the quick paragraph off of... Uh, 
Rotten Tomatoes, and then Deadline covered it in a little more detail. But basically, uh, as you remember, see, as recently as past November, we learned that Star Wars Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson had started development of a new trailer of Star Wars movies, separate from the Skywalker trilogy. We're currently one movie away from finishing. So this week, news understandably took some fans by surprise. That's because we now know of a new series of Star Wars movies, which will be written and produced by the team of David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, best known for spearheading the and adapting HBO's Game of Thrones from George R.R. R. Martin's popular A Song and Fire, A Song of Ice and Fire novels. Benioff and Weiss will remain quite busy for the next year or two as game of thrones ends its eighth season run eighth season run in 2019 so we probably won't hear the a whole lot about their star wars series until something sometime after that or even later at this point all we know for sure is that their movies will be a be separate from ryan johnson's star wars trilogy and likely very very different we also don't know how we also don't know for sure how these new films will impact the star wars story spin-offs which uh we had the aforementioned holland solo story break uh coming out this may so i'm actually interested to see what these two can do because i i for the most part have really enjoyed their adaptation of, of game of thrones however the, the one kind of spot where i'm hesitant about it is that when they went off book like way off book when they when they had no source material to work from i felt this the game of thrones series got kind of painfully cliched i hope maybe they go away from that and do something different when they're i don't know one or two maybe three or four star wars movies that they're going to get a hold of if they're successful but part of me w knows it wants but knows it won't happen that we're going to get like tits and lightsabers i would love tits and lightsabers in a star wars movie yeah i don't like, think I don't, that's gonna happen but i don't think so either but i would love for i just part of me wants to dream just tits and lightsabers i mean we, we didn't we did start getting f-bombs in star trek though so oh yeah so star, what do you think star about trek this? discovery um <clears throat> oh really there's f-bombs in star trek discovery uh at least one okay i have not been watching this this show my brother has but i have not I'm in, I'm enjoying it. The actual the series finale is tonight. Okay. They're doing like a it's only like a short like a 14 episode season. Anyways, um, you know I mean a lot's gonna happen in 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 a couple of years. I mean, yeah, you're right. I really I'm with you. I really enjoy Game of Thrones. I I think the cliche problems you're running into with Game of Thrones has to do with how far into the material they've been worked. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like they're basically taking over with martin's ideas because he's he's provided them with the ending of, of the the series right but basically it's like okay we've got all this other crap going on like in, in this all this fantasy stuff now what do we do with it whereas i think if they're starting clean you know they don't have they don't have to clean up george r, r. martin's mess if, effectively and yeah, I'll, i hope so and, and i'll give them i'll give them that credit so I'm, I'm i'm optimistic on that but yeah i mean if they're not even getting started until somewhere in 2019 i mean a lot can happen i'm not holding my breath that they'll actually be attached in two or three more years uh, i do know that yeah, so that's the interesting thing. I do know a lot of people have once again been hoping, especially because of the the hints that have been dropped that it's a particular spot in a particular timeline. Right. That everyone's like, oh, oh god, it's gonna be it's gonna be Knights of the Old Republic again. And it's like, right. Just just shut the fuck up. You're not getting Knights of the Old Republic. Enjoy the yeah, game. It's one of those things that everyone likes. <laughs> everyone wants to go back to Knights of the Old Republic. Well, so, well, enjoy the game, but they're not making the fucking move. Like Disney didn't buy Star Wars to go make someone else's fucking stories. Right. And that's what we were saying from the beginning when they when they uh, kind of housed the expanded universe 
from the last 20 years. It's like right. people were like, oh, J.J. Abrams is going to do the whole Luke and Leia twins. And I was like, no, you're not going to hire J.J. Abrams to adapt a dude's novel from the early 90s. Right. That's not I mean, happening. Like, I like the Thrawn trilogy, but it'd make a really shitty movie. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so I think the one point you brought up is is pretty valid is is will they survive to the point that they can actually make this movie because we've seen a number of times now creative talent coming into this franchise trying to do something quote-unquote different and then kathleen kennedy bringing the hammer down on them you know i so, wouldn't even say with this franchise i would say it more with disney because the, the one i'm thinking of is edgar wright and ant-man sure that's part of it yeah but i don't know i mean edgar wright and ant-man is definitely one example but i can't think of another one in the Marvel, well, Josh Whedon a little bit. Uh, he kind of got pushed out, if I remember correctly, because yeah. he was trying to do stuff. But I think it's true you can com slightly compare it to, but I don't think the scale of fuck-uppery that has gone on within the Lucasfilms property is anywhere near what it can't, can't, it just doesn't, no one comes close to it at this stage in the game with, with the directors and the rewrites and the reshoots that they've had to go through just in the last couple years that's it that's a scale of fuck upery that i can't re i can't remember any other time of that happening i mean dc's been doing it well dc's just straight up fucked <laughs> they're just <laughs> that's how they started they started fucked it's just, but yeah, i mean look i'm i'm interested to see what those two guys can do i'm actually like i said with, with with ryan johnson doing his own trilogy if he if they're off the main saga spine i'm actually kind of more optimistic about what they can do with the story and what they can do with their own characters that that's kind of where i'm planting my one flag of optimism about this yeah so, so black panther black panther so hang on my brain just turned off for a moment <laughs> So there is a an issue here going on where internet trolls, because they are internet trolls and they have nothing better to do, are going after the scores, the user scores for Marvel's Black Panther before it's even been released. Yep. Now th th there's a, a couple of factors going on here. Um, one of them is is actually a, a a a DC fan group, and they had a Facebook. I don't know if they the still do. What the hell is with like DC fans? I don't get. They're a weird group of people. I don't know either. And I say this like when I started reading comics, I read I read four titles and I'm sorry, I read, I read five titles and three of them were DC books. So right. I don't fucking know. It's weird. It is. They, they had a Facebook page and everything. I don't know if they still do or not. But their goal was to give to purposefully lower Black Panther's user score because that was going to make a difference. Yeah, it's not. So Rotten Tomatoes. So, so their their original goal was Rotten Tomatoes, and Rotten Tomatoes has basically come out and said that's not going to be a thing. I don't know how they control that, but like Rotten Tomatoes is very like adamantly denying it. So instead, mm -hmm. some folks have gone to IMDb, and we got an article from ComicBook.com discussing that Black Panther's user review is a 6.7 out of 10, despite glowing reviews from critics and comic book actually went a step further and actually took a look at the breakdown of of reviews because you can actually see like this number of votes yeah number of votes this number of people gave it 10 9 8 etc and the the spread on this is impressive so it's like an upside down bell curve yeah it's it's bizarre 63% gave it a, a 10 a 10 and 23.1% gave it a 1. So at the time it was there were somewhere in the neighborhood of 6 to 7,000 votes with almost 5,000 giving it a 10 and 1800 giving it a 1. And in between there it was anywhere between 66 and 270. So I mean this bell curve is just 
massively skewed. Mm -hmm. The funny part is if you actually go look at IMDb right now, it's almost identical percentages. Yep. And this is uh, but two three days later so it yep. obviously they are having their they're having their desired effect on the score i really have a hard time believing that this is going to be this is going to have any kind of effect on on the film itself oh it will ha i can guarantee it will have zero effect on the film i think if i had to guess and put my head or my my brain inside the the head of these of trolls they're just doing it to spin people up and create, I don't know, outrage pieces and certain on certain websites. That's really about it. Because I, I don't, there's no way, I mean, look, you and I have been using IMDb since we were teenagers. We've been using Rotten Tomatoes since probably the time it was around. Right. Uh, these use, I've never, rarely do these things really affect a film. There, there are, we could, if we spent time on it, we could find multiple times where critics panned a movie and the movie did well. We could find times where the audience numbers weren't very good and the movie did well. By all accounts, with Black Panther, we've said this, I don't know, for weeks now, this movie was poised to make all the money, like all of it. And now, it was it's going to be they're predicting somewhere between 140 and 160 in its opening weekend that's gonna be huge it's gonna be a huge hit so there's nothing i think this is just people trolling because they know it's going to spin people up because it's a highly anticipated movie that's going to make a lot of money that a lot of people are going to like so just being the contrarian and saying you didn't like black panther and then watching people get spun up over someone saying they didn't like black black panther is part of the gag that's what i think it is it's just oh let's put let's vote let's downvote black panther a bunch of a bunch of times because it's just gonna spin people up and that's what we're trying to do and it, to that extent i mean the, their modest goal is achieved but that i you're right it's not going to do anything to the film's bottom line yeah uh but to that point I, I did find it interesting that people also overstate the importance of these tomato meters like yeah they're a good we've talked about this before they're a good bell you know was barometer for understanding what critics think and what audiences think of a movie but the whole like these, these articles were coming out because black panther got two negative reviews one from a critic in ireland and one from a critic in australia that they just didn't care for the movie for whatever reason. I think and the, guess the Irish... what? You're allowed not to like a fucking movie. Yeah, that's like part of the thing. Is, is <laughs> It's really come hard on! for the world to come together and love a movie. There are some people who don't like classics. I'm not the biggest fan of The Godfather. It's just not a movie I care for that much. Who cares? And, and the, these professional critics who, I don't know, for whatever reason they're coming from, uh, either they, they don't like superhero movies or they're really snooty or you know they want to see more action or less action or more comedy or not funny enough or the, they like the genre blending or they don't like the genre. They, they have all their own reasons and they like it. Big deal. And you had, again, these kind of, I don't want to call them think pieces, but kind of outrage generators were like, oh, Black Panther didn't get, oh, I got a negative review. It didn't get 100% on Rotten Tomato. Getting 100% on Rotten Tomato never matters ever. In the course of human history, it's never important. It doesn't matter. This movie is going to make a boatload of money. You're going to get two more Black Panther movies. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Right. It just I have a feeling, because it's going to come out um, this weekend. We're recording this on Sunday, so Friday it's out, or Thursday, however you want to count it. I'll just make a guess. I It's going to do better than Thor, because what did Thor do? 146 when it came uh, out? Oh, that November? sounds about right. It'll do better than Thor. I, I would say between 150 and 160, and if it does over 160, it's a fucking smash. That's what I'm, I'm going to guess. Um, if no, it does, Thor, Thor did 122. Did it? 
Okay, I thought it did. All right, then let me re, re, re revise that then. Then I'll say it'll do one between 140 and 150. Okay. Because I, I think it'll have to do better. I can't see it not doing better than Thor, but, you know, been wrong about this before. Jumanji's still the number one movie in the country. Uh, no, this weekend is number three. Oh, it's number three. Okay, I was, I was looking at which Which date, means so. for like the first week since it came out, uh, Greatest Showman is not number four. <laughs> right, which is also, but it was amazing. It's, but it's, it's number like, five. Right, oh, fantastic. It, the, 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 it just continues. What's amazing to me about <laughs> Jumanji real quick is that it was a number one movie like the first weekend in February, which was the first time a movie released in December was the number one movie in February since Titanic. Damn. That's a huge fucking achievement. But seriously, no, and Rock is great, but no Skyscraper. That's just too much. But yeah. Black Panther's fine. I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to add to that? I'm excited to see it. Are you? Yeah, I think it'll, I think it looks good. It looks fun. It does look slick. I like the director. We've talked about it. The, the, the guy did Creed. I'm kind of hoping for those uh, one-take real-time shots that he did in Creed. Like, yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. If we see that, I'll, I'll be pretty happy. It looks like it'll be fun. It's going to be your standard Marvel action movie. Some yeah. people are going to like it. Some people aren't. I'm it's not, still I mean, going to make a ass load of money. Yeah, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is Michael B. Jordan, because I just I don't think he's that good. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about him before we went on the uh started recording today i did you see him in creed no i did not see i i kind of liked him as creed but he was also pretty terrible in fantastic four but i also know how terrible the production of fantastic four was so i'm i'm kind of torn on him so we'll see this is kind of my you know rubber match with with michael b jordan to see if he's actually any good Okay. All right. So the last thing we've got today is there is a potential hiccup in the Fox Disney merger. Oh boy. In that Comcast has expressed an interest in outbidding Disney for the portion of Fox in which they are intending to purchase. So there is nothing definite yet. And Disney is still moving forward as, as they planned, but this could potentially open up a bidding war for, for Fox. Now there's, there's two interesting things I found out during this. Uh, first one is that Comcast is actually a, a, is actually valued higher than Disney. If you look at the, the Forbes top 1000 businesses, uh, Comcast is at like, a, is at like 31 and Disney's at like 68. There's about a $30 billion difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And secondly, and somewhat more importantly for, uh, the nerds out there is that the rights for Fantastic Four and for X X-Men are non-transferable. That's interesting. How does that work? So, so the best I can figure is this is written in so that like Warner Brothers didn't try and buy Fox mm -hmm. so that like, you know, DC owned the rights to Marvel films. Mm -hmm. And and the way I understand it is if if the whomever owns the rights like basically sells off that part of the company or something, then the rights revert back to Marvel. Hmm. So it sounds like either way, Disney or uh, Marvel stuff is going back to back to Disney. Yeah. What's interesting is we were making a kind of a big deal about. Um like Disney and then just how powerful Disney would be if it got a hold of Fox's um, library and, and their assets. Just just putting aside the Marvel stuff for a second, just sure. the whole collection of, of Fox. Oh, yeah. But then you look at Comcast, and Comcast is equally as terrifying because Comcast owns NBC Universal. Right. NBC Universal is Focus Features, Hulu, Fandango, Telemundo, Universal Pictures, the Universal Parks, the Weather Channel. Like it's a it's a DreamWorks animation. Like that's NBC Universal right there. Right. So Comcast absorbing Fox is a a huge get for them too. So that's like we were we've, we've been joking on the podcast over and over again about Big Mouse is watching. Uh, Big Peacock is in the war is is in the mix too. 
Yeah, but Big Peacock just doesn't feel as sinister. No, it doesn't. I I it, I felt that as I said it. <laughs> and I, and I, and, and I don't I mean that even it, as the just... animal. I mean like there's just something about Mickey Mouse that like there feels like there's a sinister undertone. Well, ever since that episode of South Park where he was beating the crap out of the Jonas Brothers, he's always been like a villain in my mind. Someone, there's a meme on Facebook where it's like, it shows all of these different like Disney villains and how all of these Disney villains are wearing gloves. And then the last one is Mickey Mouse <laughs> who, and Mickey <laughs> yeah. Mouse wears gloves. And it's like, I'm watching you, you fucking rodent. Yeah, what are you hiding? What are you trying to hide? Yeah, I mean, this will be interesting yeah, we'll keep to an see. Eye on I think actually the more interesting one here is where who's going to end up in control of Hulu. Mm. Right, because Disney currently has a 30% share in Hulu. If they acquire Fox, they get another 30%, so they'll have controlling interest. Disney right, has right re- now Embiid has a 30% share in Hulu. Right. So I mean, this is this is this is the one that goes either way. Yeah. So the um the other part of that is that Disney announced as part of their streaming service, and this this is a fairly recent announcement that Disney's in-house streaming service uh, will not have anything that is any any rated R films. Mm-hmm. It will be PG-13 and, and below. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they also announced a huge, you know, they're going to launch the, the service with a whole mess of uh, Marvel and um, Star Wars related shows. Sure. Uh, you know, kind of obviously, but Disney is basically banking on acquiring Fox and then putting a lot of the more adult Fox content on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this ends yeah, up. Yeah, again, this is one of those things we're just gonna have to keep tabs on this one. Like we were following this from the beginning when it was like, ooh, the rumors Disney is gonna buy Fox. Like really, that's crazy. And now Comcast has thrown their lot into it. This is gonna be this could turn into a a, a fairly public fist fight. It could. It what would be really interesting is that I could also easily see both uh, entities just eventually throwing their hands up and saying, fuck it, and, and nothing happens. Like, that's always an option. It is. It absolutely is. Although I don't, you know, I don't see Disney doing it. Disney, once they make a decision to actually move forward on something, they tend to like, this is true. Know, I'm not saying ra- it's, rabid, it's a pit, rabid pit bull kind of attack. Sure. I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying it's a, it's a, it's a possibility that all this bluster is going to lead to a, a serious whimper. Sure. Not likely, but I, it's certainly a, it's certainly a possibility. Yep. All right, dude. So what have you been into lately? <sighs> Nothing much. I've been all over the place with, with, with work and things like that, but uh, we did finally get to, to watch the show Brockmire. Do you, do you, have you heard about this show? I've heard about it. I haven't actually seen much about it. Like I, so I, I know I, the name. I just don't know anything about it. It was basically a character that Hank Azaria created, I think for, for funny or die might've been college humor, but I think it was for funny or die. Oh no, no, no wait, 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 wait. Is this the, is this the, um, the sportscaster who like went on the fucking rant? Yes. Yes. I remember watching like the first like 10 minutes of it. That God, that looks so good. It's really funny. So they put the first episode on, online like months and months ago like back in sometime in 2017 i think and i was like oh this is so funny but i had like no way of watching it right and now it's on hulu and we're, we're watching it right now and the show is like legit funny every episode nice it's super great and uh hank azaria i've always felt deserved more leading man credit as a as a comedy actor because we know him as a voice actor sure and, but it's like he's actually super great as an actor he's always like this kind of background supporting comic relief type guy like i don't know like i remember in godzilla right he was even that movie was terrible i thought he was fun but he's like so freaking talented and the show is so well written and i actually like the speed at which the show progresses 
because it's not like this, oh, we're going to create this really big arc and draw this out, so we're just going to drag the sexual tension out between Hank Azaria and Amanda Peet's character for the whole season, and if, if we get to season two, maybe we'll have them, like, have a one-night stand. Like, no, they're banging in the second episode. Nice. Like, they just go right to it. I'm like, yes, this is... So they so the show just covers a lot of ground really quickly, and I really appreciate it for that. And I, oh, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's really great. It's, other than that, I can't really think of... Anything else that's just new? Oh, I did see uh, a digitized. I did see Greatest Showman. Yeah. Um, did I tell you that? Did I mention the told, last podcast or no? No, you told me you didn't mention the last podcast because we were running long. You were talking the Royal. Oh, that's right. okay. So I did see Greatest Showman. It's actually kind of nice. I, I know. I yeah. It's a, it's 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 kind of nerfed because it's the early 20th century and or late 19th or something like that. And yeah, they kind of f- family friendly it up. Yeah. So but it's cutesy. It's a decent musical. I will say this. I agree with you. Uh, this is me is not the best song on that soundtrack. No. Uh, I, for my money, I think it's never enough. I don't know what you think. Never enough is good. My favorite's actually other side is the the duet between Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that one was fun. And I will say the unsung hero of that scene is the bartender in the background. Yes. <laughs> He's absolutely the unsung hero of that scene. I know the one you you mentioned it before, and I was like, yeah, that bartender. No, like, the, 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 I mean, the, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the strongest purely like song. Sure. I think that is the strongest musical number in the show. Sure. Bet- between the choreography and everything, but yeah, no, I, I I can agree with that, and it's just I get why this is me has been nominated for an Oscar, so, so fine. Uh, yeah. I also saw All the Money in the World. Yeah. And uh, that was ju- that was just I don't know if I mentioned that before or not. I know we talked about it briefly on the Oscar podcast, and uh, I hadn't I think, seen it then. I think you and I talked about it. I don't think I don't think we actually talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, it's bad. It's not. It's it's I think what's really funny is that if you go back and watch the original trailer with Kevin Spacey in it, you could see the makeup and and you could hear the voice that he's really trying to sound like JP Getty. Yep. And then when you get the reshoots with Christopher Plummer, he makes no effort to look or sound like JP Getty. He's just doing Christopher Plummer and he still got an Oscar nomination. Yep. Which leads me to believe the Oscars are totally trolling Spacey on that one. Because I came in on short notice, did eight days of work, didn't wear any makeup and didn't change my voice. I'm done. Oscar. Boom. And then uh, I, I think I mentioned on the Oscar pods, yes, I saw Phantom Thread, and that was terrible. So, yeah, that's about really all that's going on here. Uh, let's see. So I mentioned I started playing video games again. So I traded as, as we're getting ready to move. Um, I have been, been purging some stuff. So I got rid of a whole bunch of old video games I didn't want anymore, like my uh, mm. like PlayStation 2 and 3 games. That I mean, they're great games, but, like, my PS3 is dead, and I don't feel like buying another one. So. Sure getting rid of them so like between that and i got rid of an old um i got old game an old game boy i don't know like game boy color or something i don't fucking remember what it was anyways it was uh i had like 75 bucks in in store credit at the local used video game place so i picked up uh mass effect andromeda and uh deus ex revolutions i think the newest one yeah the newest deus ex i haven't played deus ex yet i started playing mass effect andromeda because i really do love mass effect how is andromeda because that got walloped by fans and and didn't do well when so, it came out so far i'm enjoying it i mean it's kind of one of those like I'm, i miss the old like mass effect universe Cause, sure because this ends up taking place like 600 years in the future wow okay so so, so the, the basic plot is that that you know as as the events of the first mass effect are starting off right about that time within a few years humankind starts sending missions to 
or I guess all, all of the Citadel races start sending um, colonists to Andromeda. But mm-hmm. because it's so fucking far, because it's another goddamn galaxy, it takes them 600 years to get there. They're in cryosleep. So it, it's basically right. existing Mass Effect tech, you know, that, that level of technology, but in like, but like 600 years later. So they have no idea, like, any of the shit that went down in Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3. Sure, sure. They, they have no idea that basically their civilization is non-existent. Um, right. And, it, you know, it's just taking that same, like, Mass Effect and just introducing a lot of like you know like new alien races and stuff but you know keeping the old ones and certain plot points are kind of similar it's like i'm having fun with it and i'm enjoying the story but like i can see where this like this is not this is not as strong as the original three i mean for my curious to see what the story turns out to it turns out to be that that's the one thing i was curious about i i didn't i liked the original three i didn't i after all the reviews and and word of mouth on andromeda like i wasn't gonna fork over any kind of large sum of money for it but i i do always find the stories of Mass Effect kind of interesting. No, I mean, I think I paid like, I think I paid 15 bucks for it or something. Mm, yeah. Like, I, I, I paid significantly more for, for Deus Ex because it was like still brand new and it was a day one version in its in, in the original wrapping. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying Mass I was I was literally up till 2 a.m. playing it because <laughs> I love the Mass Effect games, but you got to fucking talk to everybody and you got to go through all the goddamn dialogue options. Yeah, that, that's, it's that's time problem. consuming. It's super time consuming. So, like, I got an, so like when I got up this morning, when I got up was when Becky got back into bed for the baby's first nap. <laughs> now, I yeah. mean, I, I say that like, like the first nap of the day is like at like nine, like nine, because right. he gets up at like fucking six. Right. And she's like, what time did you go to bed? She's like, I got up at one and you were still not in bed. And I was like, no, I, I went uh, about two o'clock. Yeah. Still Gaming. You went back into full gamer mode. And it didn't help that I've been working nights the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I'm getting up at like eight o'clock in the morning. Like I'm getting right. up at eight in the morning and I'm getting home from work at like nine o'clock so like they're in bed what else am i gonna do exactly um i have also been listening to rising sun uh as an audiobook that's the michael Crichton thriller from okay. early 90s and i've read like i've read the book itself and i really enjoy and enjoyed it and this is a really good um uh voice production mm. So I'm just, I've really, you know, and, and I've, I've missed like old school, good Michael Crichton techno thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, like I miss, I miss that genre. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I read, I read all of his books, but I read a number of them and some of them were just really fucking good from like the seventies up until like the mid nineties. And then like timeline came out. Timeline was a fucking turd. Mm-hmm. Airframe came out. Airframe is still one of my favorite books. And then he just like, I stopped paying attention because they just, they weren't good. after that, yeah, like, he's still putting out books and I'm just going I don't I don't care anymore but yeah so I mean I'm enjoying that at some point I'll go back and rewatch the uh the movie version of it with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes oh yeah what was it they called it what the art art of war no, they, they called, adapted it. No, it was. It's still called Rising Sun. Was it still called Rising Sun? Okay. Yep. I do remember the movie. Yeah. Honestly, the, I mean, like, watch the movie. The movie actually was not a was not bad at all. It's very like early '90s thriller, so it's got that same feel as like Die Hard Two, and yeah, you know. But I still really enjoyed it. So, all right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com and check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. <laughs> so once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Duder. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.